Welcome. I'm Megan Smiley, and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've followed the rules, worked really hard to climb the ladder, but are looking around now and thinking, is this it? Is this my life? I hear you. You want more. You want freedom, fulfillment, purpose. But you don't really see how that's going to happen in the traditional work world. You're entrepreneurship curious, but it seems daunting and risky and sort of just unrealistic. In this podcast, I'm going to help you see just how possible it is to build a business and by extension, and really importantly, a life that you'll genuinely enjoy waking up to every morning. Hello, everyone. So my guest this week is Emily Witt. She's a legal recruiter with almost 20 years of experience. She spent many of those years in-house recruiting for a big law firm in New York, and she has since moved to the agency side. She tells us about her own career evolution, as well as how she helps lawyers find their next jobs and what she's seeing out in, in the wild on that front. Um, we talk a lot about, both for her and generally for, for anyone, the importance of identifying what your personal true north is. What are the elements of the work that you want to have that are really aligned with your values and priorities? For Emily, that has meant centering freedom and flexibility and her interest in health and wellness at each step of her career. Um, And she also reminds us that you don't have to make one huge jump and, you know, figure it out all at once, which I could not agree with more. It's more about looking around and taking steps that move you closer to that true north um, and and or taking steps that give you some breathing room to figure out what your true north is if you're not sure what it is. Um, she also gives us sort of her insider view of what the pluses and minuses are of being a legal recruiter, um, which I think it would be interesting for anyone of you out there who might be thinking about that as a next possible career move. And finally, I wanted to let everyone know um, it's going to be September. It's new school year energy and I have some fun things up my sleeve for the month of September. So um, it's going to be fun, easy, free. And if you don't want to miss out on the announcements about it, um, I'm going to put a link in the notes where you can just sign up for my email list so that you are sure to see everything and be able to take advantage of it. All right, and on to the episode. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Oh, hi. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited for our conversation. We we chatted a little bit before, so I have some sense of what we're going to get into. Um, But I like to sort of start with people about, um, you know, you. You have a legal background, but you're not a lawyer. And I'm curious to hear sort of how you started your career and got into this wild world with us. (laughs) Sure. Yes, you are a thousand percent correct. This is a definite wild world. Um, And interestingly, I uh, was an English major in undergrad and I thought I wanted to go into either journalism or publishing or even filmmaking. And I had my first job out of college, uh, was at a book publishing company. And that role didn't work out as planned. And I used to rock climb and still do. Mm. Oh, uh, my more, husband more, was a big rock so in than, New York. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, uh, rock climbing can change your life because yeah. for me it did. Um, I was living at home with my parents and there was a climbing wall near my first job. And there was a woman there who happened to be an associate at Cravath. And I had quit publishing. I had 
very little exposure to the law. I, I didn't know a lot of lawyers. Uh, my, my family wasn't really connected and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. Uh, and so this was the early 2000s. The market was relatively good at the time. It was, it was just about finding the what. And yep. so I was experimenting and w- with rock climbing, you do get to ch- chat with your partner a little bit and she would say, well, you know, there are a thousand one law firms in New York city. Have you ever considered uh, legal recruiting at a law firm? And so mm-hmm. she put me in touch with the recruiting office at Cravath uh, and the woman there told me a little bit about her role and what she does as a recruiter at Cravath and something clicked and I wanted to explore it further And so there were no openings at Cravath, but she gave me the name of a recruiter for recruiters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I reached out to her. And interestingly enough, she's very well known in the business. Her name is Eva Wisnick. And this was in the year 2001. And I worked with Eva. And then I also was applying for roles on my own. Mm -hmm. And one of those roles that happened uh, on my own was an interview at the law firm of Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. Mm-hmm. And I had some other opportunities in play at the time. And I didn't really know much about the firm until I, the night before, or two nights before I went to the vault guide. And I thought, wow, oh my goodness, I'm going here to interview. Yeah. And I had a really good interview with um, the woman who then became my boss. And this was on a Friday when I met with her and she said, okay, I'm going to think about it on the weekend. And she called me on Monday and I started on Tuesday. I didn't have a job at that point because I had quit my last job and gone to Europe with someone I met at the Port Authority bus terminal, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Although <laughs> I think sort of in, indicative maybe of so, some some foreshadowing. Um. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed, which which yes. we will get to. I yeah. promise. I promise. And um and so I I was thrilled. I started on Tuesday and I have said this. Um it was the best summer of my life. I started uh, right before the summer of 2001, and I, I will I will say and, and still hold this the best summer I've ever had while employed at a job. Wow. Um, and I loved the firm. I loved the summer class, which because I was around right. uh, the age of a lot of the summer associates. All of a sudden, I had this built-in social network, and I found the work really exciting. I was also doing CLE, and I was doing on-campus interviews, and so it was a much more traditional law firm recruitment path, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was I didn't know if I wanted to go to law school, but I was quite satiated with recruiting and felt stimulated and um, and stayed there for 15 years. And then at year 15, I, I really just wanted to try something new. I wanted to uh, play around with my schedule a little bit and have a little less um, time committed in the evenings. Right. And so being a search as, as a law firm recruiter, there's a lot of evening expectations, whether that be summer events or, uh, professional development events. Uh, and so for legal recruiting on the search firm side, there, there was less of a, an event commitment unless it was, is of your own volition, uh, for networking and that type of thing. And so that was in 2016. And so I've, been on what we call the dark side of recruiting ever since. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always think it's mm. interesting too that, you know, mm. it sounds like mm. when you get into one of these big law firms, I had this, like friends of mine had this experience as paralegals and my cousin actually as yeah. well in New York. It's like, oh, I, I see how the sausage is made. Like now I don't <laughs> want to go to law. <laughs> like it's kind of a good, it's a good experience in that I think it, it you, it sort of a 
disabuses you of whatever sort of ideas you had about how glamorous doing this work might be. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, and and I often use that advice, particularly um, a lot of people have reached out to me and they say, oh, I'm, I'm considering a career as a law, f- as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, some people go right from college to law school, which is, is quite frequent, but I do recommend to anyone that is, that has considered becoming a lawyer to get some experience, even if it's a summer internship or if you have time uh, during college where you might get uh, some time off during the holidays to see if you can get any kind of exposure to to what it actually is and means to work at at a law firm. Right. Yeah. No, it's I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I took three years off and it still didn't save me, but you know, <laughs> it could save some number of people. <laughs> so, but that's a huge amount of, of your career. And I'm curious, sort of when you, when you transitioned, you mentioned sort of the evening commitment and time commitment was, was that sort of like mentally and emotionally an easy enough jump because it's like, okay, I'm doing the same thing, but just in a different context, or was it hard to, you know, cause even if you're not practicing law, you're, you're steeped in this pretty like traditional path of this is, you know, the working world. I'm just curious what it was like to make that first jump for you. Actually, I would say that first jump was one of the hardest jumps oh. I've I've made. Yeah, and the reason why, uh, and I think a lot of your listeners could relate to this, is that I thought I wanted to open up a Pilates studio, oh. uh, and I want yes, right, so. and so I wanted to open up a Pilates studio. I thought that was something that had my name written all over it. I loved fitness. I really enjoyed Pilates. Um, and I wanted to bring, um, a studio to the the neighborhood where I was living and there weren't uh, a lot of studios there at the time. So I, I saw myself as this pioneer, uh, it's just business person, uh, doing something completely unrelated to right. what I was doing previously. But I think we get so much mixed advice. Like, do you go in right away? Do you create a side hustle first? Mm. Do you um, just, you know, what? how do I go about this approach? Right. And my approach was very calculated. Um, and I thought, okay, I... I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I want to open up a Pilates studio. I, I, uh, know what I do need is, is time mm-hmm. to take a Pilates certification course. Right. So, uh, so I went and I transitioned out of a law firm where there's a lot of FaceTime and there's a lot of evening events to a, a more traditional search firm where I would say it was a little bit more in ter- just in terms of FaceTime, like a little bit more of a nine to five. Right. And so while doing that, I was able to take this Pilates certification course and actually learn how to be a teacher. But you had a lot of duties that were part of the program that also exposed you to what it's like to spend a lot of time at a Pilates studio. Right. And I thought that was a really great way to dabble in both. Um, and then when I came out of the program, I actually um, landed a search firm job that was 100% remote, which was unheard of at the time. It was yeah. very unusual to have a, a fully remote opportunity. And I worked fully remote in recruiting as a, as a search firm recruiter. I managed a Pilates studio uh, where I was living at the time in Brooklyn. Where and in Brooklyn? Totally unrelevant unre- irre- uh, to most people, but I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was actually uh, down on State Street, which is off yeah. of Court Street, yeah. uh, right near the Trader Joe's on Court Street. In fact, I still sub there. So if any ah, of your listeners oh, take fun. Pilates. 
I'll be subbing there. On, I do miss. On, on, I was in Brooklyn for many years. Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, and and I and the studio. I just adore the the owner and the team there. And and so I, I'm still connected to the studio. I'm actually not doing it as as often as I was, yeah. but um, it, it I was doing that. And so to answer your yeah. question in a long winded way, um, it was probably the hardest transitions uh, transition I had ever made because now I'm learning how to be a search firm recruiter, learning how to manage right, a Pilates right. studio and being a baby teacher at the same time. And I, it was, it was, it was a lot, it was challenging, but I rose to the occasion and I, I really enjoyed it. And I would say, um, having gone through a couple of years of that process, having been part of everything, I, I decided I wanted to focus on one. Yeah. Um, and so I, I actually never ended up opening up that studio, but I took a path that I didn't have to dive into it fully right away. Yeah. And I had the luxury of, of making the decision on my own, um, to return to search from recruitment full time. And, and the timing of that decision could not have been better. That was in, um, the fall of uh, 2019. Ah, and yes. so we all know what happened in the spring of 2020. So I, it, it gave me a little bit of a runway to get my feet wet and going back to recruiting full time. And then the pandemic happened and I thought, oh my goodness, thank God I didn't just open up a Pilates studio yeah. uh, right before a pandemic, which in fact, someone I know very well has done and is doing quite well. But I think that would have been a lot. Yeah. But I love, what I love about this is that, you know, I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to be like, okay, I have to, I have to figure out what it is like immediately and go from A to B directly. And this idea that you can create kind of a hybrid for yourself that gives you space to explore options. Um, you know, maybe it's not traditional, but I think it's, it's such a good example of how you can give yourself the time and space to kind of explore while still supporting yourself and, you know, not taking yourself completely out of the game on the one front um, while you explore maybe the less traditional thing. Absolutely. And I think having had that experience gives me the relatability factor to the people that I'm working with in, in my recruitment job, because, um, sometimes their game plan is to, uh, either possibly get to run a business or use their legal skills for, for something else. And so having been through that myself, um, I, I can empathize and, and understand the different ways in which you can learn that and, and still, um, you know, be able to pay for uh, your rent and food and everything else. Yeah. But, you know, and I know we had talked a little bit about as, as you've transitioned that it sounds to me like you always had sort of some core priorities or values or sort of a, a vision for how your work life and rest of your life played together. And I'm curious how you sort of kept aligned with that as you went back into full-time recruiting. Yeah. So I, this has always been <clears throat> extremely important to me. And I, one of the things that you and I have talked about is, um, when I did go back into full-time recruiting, I knew I had certain things that I wanted to have. For example, uh, I wanted freedom. I wanted flexibility. I wanted the ability to travel to places and live abroad and possibly work abroad uh, while doing the work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I, ma I made sure to find um, opportunities that would provide that for me or even find opportunities that would, let's say, allow me for a three-hour chunk in the middle of the day 
perhaps to to do something to go to a museum. I have I would have no problem working till midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always very important to me to find something that gave me that flexibility uh, to to be me and then also find outlets that spoke to me. So for example, like even in the recruitment job that I have now, I, I have a podcast. Um, I do YouTube work. I work with the community a lot and, and on certain projects. I have a platform uh, for mission-driven attorneys that are looking to make a difference in their communities, and that doesn't necessarily mean they need to practice law right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always had this public interest side of me that um, wanted to be part of doing something that gave me purpose and a sense of connection and also travel. And I was able to spend time. I spent a month in France while I was working. Recently, I was in Sao Paulo in Brazil. And these were part of my must-haves and the life that I wanted to create. Yeah. I mean, I love that because I think certainly I, and I think a lot of sort of my people, when you think about your priorities and your values in life, that freedom and flexibility is so high on our list. And it's very hard, I think, to imagine finding a way to marry that with, you know, a job, really. (laughs) And it's become maybe Mm -hmm. more and more people can conceive of it more post pandemic, I think, because remote work is not so, uh, you know, unheard of as it was before the Mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, But, you know, I think it's really, it's wonderful to hear people making those things fit, you know, because recruiting, while, you know, it's, you're still sort of very enmeshed with a traditional work environment that, but you can still balance the freedom that you want with sort of the traditional expectations of that, of that industry. Absolutely. And I would say that's, a, it, I, I mean, something I sought after, but it's also a luxury. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm very grateful for having the freedom to even choose this type of life. And I, I don't take it for granted. And it, it's something I, I feel very lucky to have. But also, going back to the start of the conversation, yeah. that this was a part of my true north. This was yeah. me. Right. You know, I think it's, I think sometimes from the outside, people see, you know, someone like you getting to do this. Or, you know, I, I had people when I was at the loss when I was working at Fordham law school, I was a director of international programs. I got to travel. I mean, it was a, it was a cool job. Right. And people will look at things like that and go like, Oh, that like, how did that even happen? That's like, you know, a lightning strike kind of a thing. And in, in these situations, it's like, yeah, it's certainly, you know, luck and privilege absolutely can play a role in, in, in a lot of this, but there's also an intentionality that I hear from you that it wasn't like you just sort of fell backwards into this. It was that you cultivated the thing that really suited you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was on my priority list in terms of how I wanted to live my life. And I had to figure out a way to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to transition a little. I think people would be curious to hear about just what your experience is like as, as a recruiter, both in-house and, and sort of now as you, as you work and what it's, what you see as the pros and the cons of, of getting into recruiting. Yeah. I'm, especially as we are, are coming off the piece of the conversation that talks about this life that I've created for yeah. myself that I'm able to enjoy and travel. And so that piece of it, of course, that is the wonderful, beautiful piece of it. But there are a lot of realities with being a legal recruiter. It is a, a very difficult job. Uh, I, I think people sometimes see it as being one thing, but it is a lot of work. I'm, 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 I do have the freedom and flexibility, but I am, I am working 
most of the time. Uh, and and that's a choice also. Uh, but I, it is a uh, very much fueled by the people who you're catering to. So I, oh, I'm a service. I'm also a service provider. Right. So sometimes my schedule is not always mine. Um, sometimes I have a meeting that ha- is usually revolved around either a client or a candidate, or um, I have a lot of being a recruiter, things have to move very quickly um, or you could lose a deal. So there mm-hmm. is a very high stress component to this kind of work. Yeah. Uh, not all of search firm recruiters, it's a little different than working for a law firm. Yeah. Uh, search firm recruiters can often uh, be 100% commission, mm. which is a really difficult thing if you are a risk-averse person. Um, and I would consider myself one of those. So I, I also had to retrain my brain Mm. Uh, in terms of how to look at work and how to stay calm yeah. uh, when you're not getting a steady paycheck, I, I and and it's a lot easier said than done. You know, I still sometimes I'm I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with it. I'd be lying, but I create tools and um, practices that allow me to live this way. And 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 there are a lot of people who say I would love to be a recruiter. Uh, but it, 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 there are some very harsh realities to it. It, it is, it is essentially at the end of the day, it is a sales job. Right. Um, right. And it's a numbers game. And so, and you are either internally in competition with yourself or either the other recruiters, uh, at your firm or at other search firms or, and even sometimes the candidates themselves, because they have friends. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of moving parts and you really have to be able to move through them. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the part that it's, it's a sales job is important for people to realize because I think a lot of people are like, that seems like a a logical step as a lawyer. Like you come with a lot of, you know, a background that would obviously lend itself to being a legal recruiter, but it is such I imagine a different set of skills. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some overlap, but it's also, like you said, essentially a sales a sales position. And if that appeals to you, that's great. But if that makes you deeply, deeply uncomfortable, maybe it's not the right fit, even though on paper it might appear to be. Yeah. And I think there's also harsh realities too in terms of, and I'll use myself an example I came from a law firm. I had been there for 15 years. I knew a lot of people. I did great work for that firm. People trusted me. And having left that, I thought it would be so much easier than what it was. Mm. And what no one had prepared me for was that it is a total buildup. I mean, just because you know a lot of people doesn't mean they're looking to make a move. doesn't mean that they want to use you as their recruiter. Um, and you, it, it is not something that just happens overnight. And all of a sudden you have all these contacts in your database and you know, people in your network and you're a member of all these groups at the end of the day, you have to know how to move candidates from firm to firm. And then also um, the sales piece does come in in the final stages of the deal. Essentially, uh, when you're working with candidates, you know, the the way that a lot of people get paid is through having the candidate accept the job. Right. Um, And that sometimes doesn't always come easy to a lot of people. In fact, that is uh, one of my biggest pain points with the work that I'm doing now as well. Yeah. And on the flip side, I always say like, you know, talk, whether it's, whether it's this or like for me, entrepreneurship, like there's a, there's a lot of pieces, especially with like the risk aversion and the inconsistency It's so different than, um, having sort of a steady paycheck. Um, but ultimately 
you're sort of picking your discomfort, right? The reason why you're thinking about leaving is that something in your current situation is making you unhappy and uncomfortable. And there's really nothing out there. I don't think that like doesn't come with its challenges. And it's really a question of like, which discomfort are you willing to work through? Because the the whole picture suits your life at the best. Is that sort of how it feels to you? A hundred percent. In yeah. fact, I say this all the time. I will, I will do this job as long as I can do this job. Yeah. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that I, I don't want to do anything else, but I have to figure out ways to make it work repeatedly. And I have yeah. to mix things up and, um, that takes a lot of grooming and work and mindfulness practices in terms of where I'm at in life, what's important. Um, but I always say, you know, I, I will continue to work at making this work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that is a really good way of putting it. Certainly how I feel about, about what I do as well. Um, and I, I think, I think that gets back to the intentionality, right? Because it's it's not that it's easy, but it's that you're you're choosing to be intentional about something and making it work for you. And if it I you know, I think like anything there's also this idea of like in at if it comes to a point where it's not working for you, having the resilience and self sort of confidence to go like, okay, then I'll switch it up again. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. yeah. When you know, you know, um I, I'm a Pilates instructor and I feel everything very deeply and in my body. Yes. Um, and whether that be a heavy feeling or where anxiety is weighing in on you and we all have anxiety, but to try to measure how often you're feeling it, Mm. um, and what's, what's not sitting right or, and, and I'm very tuned into that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we could have a whole whole conversation on semantics, but I'll let that go. <laughs> um, totally, totally. We'll be going till tonight. Yeah. Um, so just because I think people might be curious to hear sort of specifically also how you currently um, support lawyers and what kind of roles you see people moving into um, specifically out of traditional practice, whether it's into like the business side of things or into sort of tech law things? What do you see as sort of good opportunities and what, what do you sort of specialize in? Yeah, this is an interesting question because when I started my career at a law firm that did a very specific type of law, uh, I said, I really don't want to be a lawyer and this is the path. Um, and now that I'm on this side here, uh, where I'm seeing what people do outside of working at a law firm or even outside of being a traditional lawyer, I often think, wow, if you knew now, if you knew then what you know now, you may have chosen a path to go to law school. Um, I think there people are doing a lot of innovative things, even if they practice in big law and perhaps maybe the next step is that they go in-house or they pivot to the business side or they even become founders of companies themselves. They Mm. go after a dream that they always had. um, And that's always exciting. In fact, I had a woman that I worked with very early on in my career. She was a lawyer at a top law firm in big law. And then, uh, decided to find a company and she's still the founder and, and it's a company uh, in the food business. And Ooh. so she ha- does have her legal skills and watching these transitions, being part of these transitions, um, even if I'm only taking candidates from their first step, similar to me, all right, where, oh, this is interesting. I don't want to just quit my job right away. How do I get a little closer to what it is I ultimately want to be or do? 
Um, and so I, I can also work with people to take some baby steps mm. um, to get them closer to what their end game is, particularly as someone who has experienced that before. And uh, this piece led me to, to do a little bit of niche work in tech and um, health law, mm-hmm. which just spoke to my soul and there's a lot of innovation uh, that I gravitate towards and uh, particularly in the health space, which is also connected to the wealth, you know, the wellness space that I went to with Pilates. So it's a way to bring them all together. And there's a lot of um, interesting technology out there that lawyers get to be a part of and um, make decisions uh, about. And, and I think that has sort of kept me in this work and also kept me with my true North while doing this work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think it's so interesting to hear from someone with like boots on the ground too. I know that we had discussed like, you know, even if it's not starting your own company, this idea that I hear people going, like, I'd love to get into, you know, get into a company, but not be a lawyer, like work on the business side. And and I hear you saying like, that's also on the table for people. I think people think that's like a, oh, I'm not qualified. I'll never be able to make that transition. But I understand from you that that's, that's not patent, you know, across the board true. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, I just saw this recently on LinkedIn. Um, I know someone who was in big law and is now um, a chief product officer which is not your traditional route to go from one to the other. Um, So there are different ways to do things that just might be a little closer connected to your true north. Right. And I love what you said about sort of just taking a step closer. I think if people conceive of it that way, it, it is a little less overwhelming. It puts less pressure on like the next job having to be like the thing you're going to do for the rest of your life. And it also makes getting to your ultimate goal seem more attainable because you're like, okay, I'm going to take a step that moves me in that direction so that the next step I, I do feel like I have, I'm coming to it with more experience or more skills that are relevant to what it is that I actually want to do. I think people put a lot of pressure on like the next thing being it forever. Yeah. And I think I equate it to, and I just thought of this now, it's like, you know, putting your feet in the water, right? So you're, you're putting your, your, your feet in the water and you're, you're telling, I I hate cold pools. So I'll just use that as an example. Right. And so you put the feet in the water. If, if it's warm and you feel like swimming, you get in, but you know, you don't just float down to the bottom, right? You, you ease yourself in and, and then you realize like, Oh wait, you know what? It's, it's, I'm ready to go home. I'm done. You're not sort of all the way in the pool. You're still at the side where the ladder is to get out. Yeah. Um, so you can create those ladders for yourself professionally so that you do have a net if you ultimately decide that this is not for you. Yeah. 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 I think just sort of knowing that you're, you're, Instead of thinking I'm cutting off options, thinking of it as I'm expanding my options. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So, uh, Emily, tell us how people can get in touch with you. Uh, Curious about your work. I know you also have a podcast. Let us know where we can find all of this. Yeah. So uh, I also have a podcast. It's called Beyond the Legal Lens. It uh, helps open the door to jobs in tech and health law. Uh, and then I'm as a recruiter, I'm on LinkedIn way too often. Uh, in fact, more than I'd like to be <laughs> talk about true North and mental health right. and everything else. But I, I do, I do spend a lot of time on, on LinkedIn. And then I'm just having some fun now trying to dabble and up my social media game. So I, my podcast beyond the legal lens also has an Instagram handle, um, that's called Beyond the Legal Lens. And I 
just using TikTok as experimenting. But if for those of you who want to find me on TikTok, you can find me there. And then I also have the other platform called The Advocates Mike. Uh, and you can look that up. We have a website, we have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. So we'd love to hear from you and, and hear your feedback on all of my projects. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was so fun to chat with you. Um, I love always chatting with sort of a fellow f- traveler, freedom seeker, multi-passionate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. T- free-spirited, tr- trying yes. to be, you know, trying to take that mindset of having to live a certain life. I think we all, a lot of us face that and yeah you know, live, live the path that feels like your true North, live, live what feels right to you and try to, you know, get rid of that buzz that people are telling you what, what to do. Yeah. Let go of all the shoulds. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Of course. Thanks.